Wait, underhooked <laughs> Stop being mad at Chewie and R2. They have no- done nothing wrong ever. Literally never. Names? Never. Names I extremely don't want to have to say over and over. <laughs> I hadn't actually gotten up to those names when Danny sent that picture. A lot of Ikor? Iker. It's really Iker. Okay. And then ants in your pants do a funky dance. This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 9, standing by. Hello, listeners. Hello. Welcome to season fifteen. Why do Mission I reply three. like I'm a glistener? <laughs> Everyone, Saf has played the role of the glistener today. Oh, hello! We I have to, to laugh the whole time then and just applaud us. No, you have to be part of this conversation. Yeah, that's I'm fair. sorry. Tonight we'll be going over chapters five and six of the Crystal Star. But before that, a quick reminder of your hosts. Which is all of us except for Saf. Yeah. Mm, no, Saf's still in this, sorry. I'm not changing my ways now. <laughs> if Ash, Rogue Nine, was a challenge from Great British Bake Off, oh my God. she'd be when they have to make tall sculptures from biscuits because she's good at building all sorts of things. Aww. Aww. <laughs> so it's British, so when they say biscuits, are they talking about cookies? They're talking about yes. cookies. They're talking about but like, a specific of type cookies. of But like crunchy cookies, yeah. not soft cookies. Oh, like, but soft yeah. cookies are so much better than crunchy cookies. I know. No, they're both good, Danny. Shut up. How do you okay. disrespect biscuits Sorry. like this? Hashtag I did. <laughs> I did used to make, I did used to make sculptures out of Oreos when I was a kid. God See? damn. Fulfilling that prophecy. I actually explains a lot, Ash. <laughs> I, if I had had oh. the self-control, I probably would have done that. But instead, To I just not just eat the Oreos. Oreos. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I say things and I'm like, why did I say that on a podcast where strangers on the internet will know that piece of information Ash, about me? Don't listen to Ash, listeners. Is. You are all our best and closest friends. You are not strangers. We love you all. I mean, they know way too much about us to be strangers at this point. They know so. so yeah, right? much about <laughs> us. So much. Like, I wish so. I knew just one thing about all of you. Oh, that should be Could our you question. Could you just, like, tell us something about you? Can that be our question today? This week? <laughs> we got there before the intro, so that's amazing. <laughs> Holy shit. Saffrog 7 would be the free challenges because she's oh, because she's considered and would tailor food around people's allergies. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. Danny, Rogue 6, would be when they do tray bakes because they are what, many wonderful layers in one pan. God, I love tray bakes. Aw, I'm layers. Yeah. Except like an not onion. an onion. Yeah. But like the, a tray I'm bake. a delicious the good kind, kind of, of layers. Ogre. Yeah. The good kind I'm of layers. I'm a yummy bake. ogre. Yeah. <laughs> Heath Rogue 3, who's currently on paternity leave, would be the Great British Bake Off holiday specials because his family has the most beautiful Christmases. Yeah. The holiday it's... specials are genuinely my favorite thing ever. They're I love so them cute. So much. They're really They're so cute. cute. I'm pretty sure Heath's life is fake now that we're talking about it. Yeah. It's too like, perfect. Like it's, those it's Christmas photos, are, that's not real. It's too good. I don't know what's yeah. going on. 
Yeah. It's because he has one job, and outside of that job, he doesn't have other jobs. What? I don't know what that's like. Yeah, what's that like, Heath? What the hell? Is that the secret? That's the I secret. So. Yeah, that's, that's why he's so chill having... outside of it. A work-life balance? What's that like? I don't know. Or... What the <laughs> fuck? How does Anyways, one of us how... actually have a work-life balance on this podcast? Ooh, stop! We're going into crisis. Um, <laughs> Let's keep met... talking about Heath like he's not here. <laughs> oh, I know he's, he's not Hi, here. <laughs> and I'm Meg, Rogue Leader, and I would be the bread centerpiece challenges, specifically the one where multiple people made Davy Jones tentacle faces. Yes! Oh, oh my god, that one was so good. It was so good. I'm like, how are multiple people doing tentacle faces right now? <laughs> God, when I this? when I saw the episode, I thought of you. Oh, thanks. I do right, love well, tentacle faces. Speaking of tentacle faces, uh, oh, God. I'm gonna turn it over to Megan Saf because we're gonna get sad. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Davy Jones did rip his heart out because he felt bad about tra- betraying the person he loved. Yeah, so. yeah. Original emo boy, Davy Jones. Anyway. <laughs> That is not the right segue into this. That is not the good um, segue for this. <laughs> Shit. <sighs> Saf, did you write something that's a good introduction to this, or am I going to uh, I can up in intro here? this if you want, yeah. Yeah, thanks. I'm taking that as a yes. Um, yes. So, relatively recently, our good friend John Bealey passed away. Um, he was a well-known person in the Star Wars fandom, um, probably not like in the more recent years, but he was on the Force cast. Uh, he's done a lot for charity, and he's just kind of like been a solid figure of the community for quite a long time. Um, he was one of the first people I ever really got to know when I joined the fandom, and he's just a real sweetheart. Um, so yeah, uh, we recently lost him, and that was hard for a lot of us, obviously. He was a fan of Rogue Podron, which is very cute. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I did actually write a thing, this is not what I wrote, so I'm just going to go into that, which is... John really was the best of us, and not only in the Star Wars community, but in the real world too. He was the kindest and most supportive person that I have ever met in my entire life, and that's amazing, because I know a lot of good people. I hope that one day I can even be one-tenth of the person that he was, because just the amount of goodness in him. Ridiculous. It's easy to see the impact he had on people around him just by looking at Twitter and seeing all of the support and the love that everyone had to give for him. Um, after everything happened. And it was John who uh, told me, I think it was at the Carrie Fisher Gala in Orlando, that he couldn't have had, he couldn't have been happier with anyone else taking a spot on the Force cast. He was the person who largely pushed for me to be on the Force cast, I think, along with Megan, because um, I didn't really know any of them at the time. And yeah, it's, it's thanks to him that I got to do that, that I have Megan and Paul as such good friends now. He was a really big supporter of Rogue Podrian. He even came to our live show in Chicago, uh, which was actually the last time I saw him. And I am really glad that that is like the memory I have of him in my heart still, because that's who he was as a person, was just being there for his friends and being a beacon of light for everybody. Yep. Um, I was really close to John, um, especially after I moved to New York. Um, and that's and that's when I think one of the lessons from John that we could all learn is that I first met him at Star Wars Celebration 2015 and he had come up after a panel I was on a random panel Rogue Padron hadn't existed at that time um, but I was on Far Far Away Radio and he had come up and we had followed each other on Twitter because like back in those days it was a much smaller community and you kind of followed everyone you kind of knew and 
he'd come up to me just to tell me how much he appreciated my voice in fandom, um, both in kind of a representation way, but just in a way where I definitely focused on things that I loved and um, was really passionate about Star Wars, (laughs) which feels weird. Um, And it was just this random meeting. And then after Rogue Padron got started, he had always supported us. I remember one time in which, like, each of us individually had said in the Rogue Pod DM that, like, oh, my God, we got this. Re- I got this really nice message from this person. And, like, none of us said who it was. Like, we kept it secret. But then, like, oh, yeah, I was talking to, like, John Beerley. Oh, I got that message from John Beerley. And, like, that's the kind of person he was, is that even if he didn't know you, like, very well, he would still tell you how much you meant to him and what an impact that you have. And... I was lucky enough to actually go spend time with him um, in his hometown a couple years ago before Christmas. And I'm so glad that I had that time with him um, because like Saf said, he is the most considerate, kindest person I've ever met. And he has been nothing but supportive to me ever. Um, And... Especially after, like I said, after I moved to New York, he reached out to me again just to tell me how brave I was for moving across country and how much that inspired him to try to do more and try to face the things that he was afraid of. And there's so much that we can learn from him. And I hope that everybody who knew him, um, you know, tries to be a little bit more like him. Yeah, because I think, I, like, yeah. the big goal for this year, 2020, I think, maybe for everyone, is to just try and be a bit more like John and mm-hmm. spread some of his joy and love throughout the world for him. Yeah, and I think those, the big things that always stood out about him was just that don't wait for the right moment to tell someone how you feel about them. Um, even if it's someone you talk to every day, you it's it's never a bad thing to tell them that you love them or how much you admire them or anything like that. Um, And it's never, and you should always, you know, support the people that you're close to with anything that they do. Um, And really just be a generous person with whatever you have. Yeah. He made every moment the right moment. And so Mm -hmm. I'm going to try and do that, I think. Yeah. I didn't know John as well as you two, obviously. Um, or maybe not obviously. I don't know why that would be obviously. Um, <laughs> maybe obvious to us four. <laughs> it's obvious to us four. Um, I did get to meet him at, when he came to the live show, and like his smile is—I'll never forget that. Like he was just, you know, like you, like you both said, so supportive and just having so much fun. And like, I don't get—I mean, who does? I don't get death. I don't understand. I don't know how to talk about it. I don't know how to process <laughs> it. Like it's just mm-hmm. like, but it just. It, Something about this whole thing to me, like the word that I can't keep coming back to is just unfair. Like John was mm-hmm. the best of us without a doubt. And it just, it feels, it, it sucks to lose him, you know? Um, but I really appreciate what you both said about, you know, the lessons that we can learn. And honestly, like, I think that that is what John would want us all to take from all this too, is to just like live, live every day like he did and, and be as supportive and, and kind and loving as he possibly can be in every moment. Because guess what? It's just some silly movies. <laughs> It's the people behind them that are really what counts. Yeah, 
Exactly. Whew. So uh, let's all raise a <laughs> a bone. What do we raise on Rogue Podrin? Oh, God, that's a good question. Some like a, a woot horn. Some woot horn. <laughs> let's <laughs> raise raise a woot horn full of hard hard liquor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and do a Rogue Podrin cheer. <laughs> Is that like I said? I don't know what we're doing here. We were rooting in the most respectful way possible. I swear, respectful woot woot. Listen, this is exactly what John would think we would do. he knows this is what we are, and he would he would love us for it. Oh boy, woot woot. He would want us to be laughing and smiling. Well, then, in that case, in that case, we've got an episode for y'all. Yeah, the children are still kidnapped. So the children. Are so kidnapped. <laughs> Goddamn children. In fact, I didn't Stop know it was kidnapped. possible for children to be so kidnapped as kidnapped as these children are. Oh my god, they're extremely kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> Whew. All right, so the Crystal Star. And I should say that if anyone has feelings about John or anything that you want to share or commiserate with like me or Saf personally, at least you can like DM me. I am open um to reminisce or to hold your hand over the internet or whatever it is i don't know how to process grief either i am also working yeah. through this um oh big so same we can, we can work <laughs> yeah i'm i'm here together. i'm here for you all as well yeah um being alone in grief is never the best idea so if you need yeah. anyone and my dm or meg's dm is the option for you then go for it we're here yep all right so the children <laughs> the children <laughs> Leia comes out of hyperspace and feels a flash of pain. It isn't death, but it's that sweet, sweet pain of having to stay alive. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> well, wow. Starting, off, Leia. starting off strong. <laughs> Come on, Leia. <laughs> Read the she's room. Having, she's having a time. She's having a time. She sees a ship a bit away, <laughs> and R2 comes in and confirms that it's not the same ship that they tracked from Munto Kadru, even though she's still not speaking to R2. <laughs> God damn, Leia! Stop, stop alienating all your friends at a time like this. She really, yeah. She, you need their help. Crystal Star Leia apparently holds a grudge. Yeah, <laughs> it's a huge Imperial colony transport ship, um, and apparently the New Republic has been looking for them or to save them now that the Empire has been dissolved. But this one is floating derelict. Leia looks closer and sees it's a whole dozen of them, all floating, dead in the space water. <laughs> My she favorite thing to- about oh, spaceflight yeah. in sci-fi is how much they refer to everything as, like, s- sailing terms, naval terms. Yeah. It's yeah. so stupid, but it's so good. Because, I mean, we don't have any other terms for it, but it's just so stupid. Right, like, how can you relate to a spaceship except how you relate to, like, a boat? Yeah, exactly. That, <laughs> <laughs> like, it still makes sense yeah it's i just wish spaceships look more like boats that would be fun yeah that would be fun because they also don't necessarily need to be like ergonomic right yeah i mean if they're in space if they're extra atmosphere ships then they don't need to be aerodynamic it's fine just make them look like whatever you want make a giant pretzel ship right (laughs) that's the (laughs) p-wing They call it a pwing for short. <laughs> That's no moon. Pwing. That's cute. I like. Oh, now I want a pretzel. God damn it. So do I. Damn it. Um, <laughs> Let's just cancel this episode and go get pretzels, go get y'all. Pretzel. <laughs> Honestly. <sighs> right. Some cheese uh, dip. Ooh, yeah. Oh. 
Uh, Chewie comes up to the cockpit and he sits in the co-pilot's chair. Leia's still mad at him for like a minute, but then apologizes to him for blaming him. Chewie shows her a patch of his skin from his Imperial slave days. And Leia, please stop referring to Kashyyyk as a, having magical forests because like, <laughs> what? Oh, <laughs> oh my stop. gosh. Like, Wookiees like, are super advanced, like, really good at tech. And she's like, magical forest. Magical Leia, trees. Leia is all about the microaggressions in this book, isn't she? Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Leia represents not... white feminism. Oh, <gasps> oh, oh. oh no. <laughs> it's true, though. <laughs> this is not the Leia Organa that I know. <laughs> no, this is 90s Leia Organa. Yeah. He's peak white feminism. <laughs> Yike. Because all the male authors, and even some female authors, were like, how do we write strong women? I don't know. Make them rude. Yeah, Yeah. basically. Yeah, Leia's defining characteristic is that she's rude. (laughs) That she's a dick. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I got out of the original trilogy. That is like, like, 90 strong women is basically make them more like men. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. how they made them, so. Either make them more like men, or make them, like, raging men hating people who are obsessed yeah. with sex okay so as make we saw in the princess dathomir yeah <laughs> yeah yeah oh there's a courtship Great. of leia yeah uh, yeah we got two um, we got two sides of that coin there <laughs> so leia thinks that he's trying to tell her that the imperials took slaves from their own ships Leia notices that the ships aren't necessarily empty but there sure is a lot of dead people and some barely alive galaxy skip the very no, that's not a good gal. That's a time skip. What's a galaxy yeah. skip? Whoop! Oh, yeah, there we better. go. Okay. Zaveri is leading Han, Luke, and three PO through a path that is covered in misshapen plants. So not a magical forest. Not a magical forest. Han thinks this looks like a trap, but he used to trust Zaveri with his life and his heart. Okay, Han. Dial down a notch. Han is a lot in these chapters. Han is like lot. dealing with some major unresolved ex-girlfriend drama yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 3PO is more concerned about radiation because the plants are so fucking weird and they fall to the ground if they get lightly rustled. Okay, That's so a kind marriage. of a magical forest. It's kind of bad magic, but... God, they just don't want to be distressed. Just leave them alone. Right, just stop touching the plants. <laughs> Big mood. <laughs> Han catches up with Zaveri because he wants to talk with her privately, but of course he doesn't know what to say once he gets there. That's, so start that's with big. I still have feelings for you. <laughs> you broke my heart. I I don't I don't like the characterization that Han's like a womanizer. Mm-hmm. Because I always read Han as a fucking idiot. He's clearly <laughs> he's like idiot. a guy who thinks he's a womanizer and absolutely sucks at it. Like, yeah. so clearly. The fact that, like, throughout the whole original trilogy, we don't see a single girl who's actually, like, been with him as an inter- and is interested in him, which is kind of like mm-hmm. a way of showing that someone is a successful womanizer. Right. Um, to be fair, do we see a single woman throughout the entire original trilogy? <laughs> <laughs> we see one single woman. One sole woman. Shit. It's just he's not like this suave debonair asshole. He's just like a big like, dork. If you compare him Leia, to Lando, yeah, he sees Leia and immediately is like, "Wow, I love her." Yeah, <laughs> right. and he's and like, like, "Oh, oh no, I'm in, in love." This, in this too, I think it's very clear that like she hurt him, and that like his unresolved issues are because he 
maybe in his youth he felt like they were really something and then realized that it wasn't going to be like a future together because like han is a romantic in that way where like and we see in solo command also she's kind of like kira yeah that she's just like i gotta go do some stuff and he's like but what but if i thought we, st- we were in love what if we stay in love forever though and she's like i have to go humiliate some imperial <laughs> she's like i am a career woman i am busy on right. my job i i have goals in my life Han. maybe you should get some and he was like right. no and then he never got no. goals in his life <laughs> it's like oh i really read him as somebody who just who just falls in love way too hard and way too fast oh god that's so true yeah a lot of people just- characterize him as absolutely what lando is and ignore that he's no. just an absolute dumbass with a big heart yeah, I he's think it, he's yeah. Jason from the Good Place. He's like, I like this girl. I want to marry her right now. Oh my right. god, he is! Oh, he's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so they talk about Luke, <laughs> and it seems that as much as the Republic tried to keep all the Darth Vader Jedi stuff a secret, some people still kind of know what happened between Luke, Vader, and the Emperor. And I think that in this book, it's particularly referencing Dark Empire, where yeah, Luke it is. was maybe turn to the dark side for a little bit. Oh, sure. You know, just a casual little flirting with the dark side. Yeah, no, just a little taste. Just wanted to taste it. Anytime anything outside of Dark Empire references Dark Empire, I feel like I got hit by a bus. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that exists. It sure does. (laughs) I I feel like we'll feel that way about Tross in about ten years. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. So when Han suggests that Zaveri works for the Republic, she gets annoyed because... He doesn't get that she'd be useless as long as she's no longer an independent agent or a thief. And although she doesn't particularly like the New Republic, it's not the awful time that the Empire made. So when she saw something weird and maybe bad going on, she wanted to reach out. They continue going through the guarded maze until they reach the edge of a giant half-collapsed crater. At the bottom, there's a dome covered in strange, moving writing. Along the crater, there are many worn paths of people walking into the dome, but you don't see anybody leave it. Okay, so this is sounding like an actual magical forest. Yes. (laughs) Magical dome. Magical dome. Luke steps into the crater and immediately stops looking very sick and awful. He knows that there's something down there. Zaveri says it's because he's a Jedi and because she's accepted, she can lead him down an easier path. Luke is in a hurry, but he accepts her offer. Okay, Danny, I need a galaxy noise. Whoop! Tigris is called was, was the Was that Hethrus. the sound? I don't think that was the sound. It no, was that was the same sound. It. You're good. It was, yeah, okay, yeah. great. Yeah, I had it in my brain. Um, I was ready to do it if you didn't step in. I'm glad yeah. that I'm doing this because that way I don't have to add these in in post as if I was ever going to do post-production <laughs> on this episode of Rogue Quadrant <laughs> of the year 2020. <laughs> Tigris is called into Hethru's receiving room, carrying Aww. a sleeping Anakin. Tigris wonders when Hethru will either let him do something important or sell him off like all the other failures. LOL. We also learn about body wood, which cries blood and is probably sentient. Yeah, yeah I hate that. That was real weird. I hate that. I have, a, I have a, a, a problem with that. And that even after you cut it and make it into furniture, it keeps weeping blood? Yeah, I Where definitely does it keep getting a problem with that. From? Where's the blood coming from? God, what a, yeah. what a problem for like keeping what? your house clean, too. You know, wood retains a lot of moisture. 
<laughs> you have to you have to put it in a kiln to dry it out, right? I forgot we have a wood expert on the Wait, really? Now. You have to put wood in a kiln? <laughs> yeah. You Whoa. Put wood in a kiln get most of the moisture, if not all the moisture out, because wood is a very um volatile moist. material and it <laughs> It's a moist material. God. <laughs> and yes, yeah, so you have to put it in a kiln and dry it out and uh cuz you can't use like fresh wood. You got to check the moisture content. I have a little meter that checks the moisture content cuz if you know you if you use wood that's got too high a moisture content, it'll warp cuz the water huh. uh, evaporates and changes the properties of the wood. Damn, we're learning things on Rogue Pod today. Uh, say the more the idea know. of facts the, with ash. Hey. The idea <laughs> of having to put bleeding wood into a kiln distresses me so much so and well, it cries well it, on our earth it's not actually bleeding <laughs> yeah i know that's why i'm glad we don't live in star wars <laughs> i'm so glad we don't have sentient wood in, <laughs> in our human. well not that we know of oh just Damn. looking around at all of the trees like all of the plants in my house yeah, right now they're watching you set uh, you ever heard okay. of tree actually, snicker? There are actually none oh. in this room, so I'm safe. We're all good. Okay, good. Yeah, but is there any wooden furniture in that room? Oh, God. <laughs> wow, my table see me do some weird stuff. <laughs> I'm going to have I'm gonna have some bizarrely vivid dreams about my wood shop tonight. Just you wait. <laughs> it's going to be. Please Help report. Me. Please report back on any weird wood dreams everybody had. That's what she the- said. Um... <laughs> So Hethrier welcomes his guests. Oh, here we go. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Lord Kwakuku. <laughs> Lady Use. I'm going to do the double C's as a suh sound. Oh, I see and- Uche, but that makes sense. Okay, Lady Uche is also good. More fun to say. And Lord yeah. Knorik. Wait, even better, Snorik. Snorik? <laughs> Sounds like a Pokemon. Okay, so is this the first word ever to be written with five Q's in it? Maybe. Quack-cuck-coo. Quack, you, know you know how we were talking a couple weeks ago? Quack-quack-coo. It's like duck-duck-goose, but quack-quack-coo. <laughs> you know how we were talking the other week about how like sometimes I read stuff and my brain just gives up? I skimmed yeah. the entire... <laughs> This entire portion of the book, I was like, yeah. not even gonna try. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's fair. some words in these things. There's so, yeah, so we read this and I saw the names. So I was like, oh, this is so good. But they're probably just like gonna get mentioned once and then never come back again. And so, <laughs> no. just be like, some people came by, but then they kept recurring and recurring. I was like, oh yes, Mega's gonna have to say these I, names. I tried to get by with with j- just doing that, but then I saw that there was a whole like rest of the part with them. The next and ten I was pages like, God is damn it, <laughs> Lord Kakaku and Lady Hooch and Lord yeah. Snorri, Lady Hooch. <laughs> so Hathrier. Hethrier lets Tigris and Anakin sit on the floor at his feet. Oh. Tigris is thrilled. Eh. Okay, so yeah. I have to say, Hethrier is acting in the way that I thought Waru was going to be in this book. Well, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hethrier needs to get visited by the police. Woof. And... <laughs> <laughs> Wow, they are so gross. And they keep referring to Anakin as it. <laughs> I'm a person yeah. and my name is Anakin. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, boy. 
Uh, Lord Kwakwaku questions <laughs> questions it being so young. Lady Uche talks about how Hethrier will wipe its mind and return it. And then Snorik wants to keep it because they think it's adorable. <laughs> but Hethrier says he'll keep it for himself. Oh, so yucky. Super yucky. Tigris is thinking about how easily Hethrier has control over these people who are rich, well-armed, and have many supporters. Once the Empire Reborn vanquishes the Republic, they will unsteer Hethrier as the new Emperor. No, they won't. No one can ever say Emperor Hethrier. That is just too much of a mouthful. Yeah, do they not have any bitter candidates? I feel like they're probably stronger people out there for that job. Even Emperor Tigris sounds better than Emperor Hethrier. Emperor Tigris sounds sick as hell. (laughs) But also still just a tiger. (laughs) Well, yeah. yeah. That's so cool. I would respect that empire. I would not join it, but I would respect it. Um, Basically, we can... Like, we don't have to write any of the gross stuff, and we can just boil this down to Tigris really wants Senpai to notice it. <laughs> yeah. So they need to get their business concluded quickly. The business is slave trading! Woo! Uh. We also find out that Hethrier will be going to Crusay Station soon to solidify their alliance with Waru. Oh, you see how it's all joining together. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> The three guests will have to bid for the group of kids Hethrier just culled from his human force users. Okay. Yep. Lord Snorik box at the amount and he can't backtrack before Hethrier just force chokes him and <laughs> kills him. Wow. All right. Bye, ladies. Uh, yeah, no, this is seriously Lord Snorik forever. Yeah. Yeah. Snorin- Snorik forever. <laughs> Lady Uche opens the bidding and eventually wins because Lord Kwakwaku couldn't keep up. But he still says he will make a donation to the Empire Reborn. Lady Uche also gets to take the new Empire youth with her and put him in the New Republic. So they're planting some spies here. When you say Lord Kwakwaku, you sound like you're (laughs) skipping across a river, like jumping (laughs) from rock to rock. Lord Kwakwaku! Yeah, it sounds like say it, it sounds like the way a Pokemon would say its name. Yeah, it's quite evocative. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you should go to like a slam poetry reading and just um, read his name, <laughs> just over and over again. <laughs> yeah, just like five times, and then just like quack, silence quack, for a minute so quack, everyone can quack, Yeah, yeah. Quakwaku. I mean, I live in New York. Quack, Pro- quack, if I went to Brooklyn and did that, they'd be like, oh. Amazing. Wait, don't they, don't they like snap or something there? Oh yeah, sorry. I mean seriously, you should just like read a bunch of Star Wars names and they'd just eat that up. They would. They would. And there'd be some one weird rogue padron listener in the audience that's like, Hey That's like Woo And I'm like, listen, you can't say anything unless you reveal yourself, so Yeah. Okay. And uh, it would be Heath. <laughs> <laughs> Heath is not going to waste a night out going to a poetry slam. You're right. You're right. I cannot imagine. Cultured. I cannot imagine him doing that. Unless, unless Grammy winning band The National is playing. <laughs> the poetry slam is just the opener. <laughs> Hethrier pours a toast with Lady Uche and the Empire Youth, but leaves Lord Kwakwaku out, which makes him sad. Anakin watches them all in his 3.5 year old horror. <laughs> Okay, galaxy sound. Nope. Nope. 
Nope. Nope. (laughs) Danny, it's whoop. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Whoop. (laughs) We got so stuck there for a minute. Right, the, the soundboard broke. It was, it's, it was the, the hyperdrive stuttering. It's Lord Quack Quack fault. Don't worry. <laughs> it is. Oh, Lord Quack Quack May you rest in peace. <laughs> Leia, R2, and Chewie enter the freighter, which has so little power that the gravity is hardly worked. She doesn't know what she's looking for, but she knows it when she'll see it, I guess. That's how the force <laughs> works. Then they find the sleep coffins. That's what I call my bed, too. <laughs> <laughs> This book is weird. Um, and not because You're of realized- Waru so far. <laughs> it's like weird, but not in the way man. I like. <laughs> Bleeding wood and sleep coffins. It's all coming back to me like a bad dream. Like, I remember reading this as a kid. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Ash, maybe so- if you spend more time in your sleep coffin, you wouldn't have such bad dreams. Right. About sentient wood. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. So, the sleep coffins contain Ferrarios. Yep. Fire Oreos. Ferrario! (laughs) (laughs) People that Leia thought were extinct because the Empire murdered them all. But instead, they just stole all of them. How merciful. (laughs) Oh, so much better. Chewie goes and turns the power on. Leia picks one of the Ferrario to wake up. It's a me, Ferrario. <laughs> Chewie yell an alarm and despair and rushes over to where he and R2 are. There's a Ferrario stuck in some web stuff on the ceiling and she's hurt, but she's alive. What? Why is the web stuff on the ceiling? Ooh, great question. The Ferrario Leia woke up is at the door and warns them about the webbing. R2 gets hit with it, but manages to get it off with the help of Leia before it starts to really injure and immobilize them. Leia is pissed at the Ferrario because they're just lolling at this misfortune. <laughs> she asks them to help, and it agree- he agrees with oh and agrees. Ooh, I don't know what I was trying to say, but she offers his freedom in return. She tells them that her name is. Lalila. Uh, wow, really good work there, Leia. Is... <laughs> it's a disguise. <laughs> and she, I think that's what Bale used to call her when she was a kid. Yeah, it was a it was a childhood nickname. And Chewie well, is... if we're going by that, then if I'm ever on an undercover mission, I'm going to tell people that my name is Danny. <laughs> <laughs> Chewbacca is Gayahub, a mythical character <laughs> yeah, from is. a story she tells the kids. <laughs> She realizes that she definitely takes Chewbacca for granted. (laughs) About damn time, Leia. Isn't Ahab a character from uh, Moby Dick? Yeah, he's the captain. Okay, so Chewbacca is gay Ahab. Oh my god. (laughs) It's a gay Ahab. Gay Ahab. (laughs) Which, I mean, Ahab is kind of gay in that story, right? (laughs) Yeah, there's some definite queer uh, implications there, I feel. Right. Uh, The woman Ferrario, Rilau, sure... Uh, lands in Chewie's arms and they take her back to Leia's ship. Galaxy How romantic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I do like not understand na, 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 this whole na, 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 weeping thing. Na, na, na. Is that a galaxy sound, Ash? I say, no, I was, 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 was doing Carol's Carol, oh. Carol Whisper. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I, I still need the galaxy sound. Oh my gosh, there's so much whooshing Whoop, happening. Whoosh. whoosh! Thank you. I'm Jane the only one who knows this goddamn sound, apparently. <laughs> you are. <laughs> 
Jaina is back in her learning cell. I'm deaf, Saf. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, get, just... you, get, you get a pass on this one. Yeah, that subtweet was not directed at you. <laughs> no, it was not. <laughs> but she just puts her head down and cries. Bram comes and harasses her, but she kicks him in the shin after hearing that Hethry was going to bring back the Empire, just like the fight her mom was going through before she even existed. Will she have to fight it all again? Well, girl, you're Find never going to ne- stop fighting this fight. <laughs> Find out next time on Dragon Ball Z. Right? <laughs> Don't She's... anyone show Jaina the Force Awakens. It'll make her very depressed. So upset. For so many reasons. I can just imagine, like, the EU characters standing off to the side and watching the Disney canon happen. What the hell? <laughs> and being like, wow, they had it so much easier than us. Right? Right? Like, what do you mean they didn't have to deal with the fall? <laughs> Right? <laughs> what do you mean toddlers didn't have to save Luke Skywalker from the ghost of Exar? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> ben Solo I'm never had to do anything. Exar-coon. Was Ben Solo ever kidnapped? Probably not. <laughs> like, who's neglected for real here? <laughs> um, yeah, it's true. At least none of these kids went to the dark side. Uh, oh. Uh, mm. uh, so Jaina mm. sent to her room slash cell without dinner. <laughs> when she gets there, she starts trying to drill with her multi-tool again, thinking about her options for escape or sending a message. She has to stop because the multi-tool is too hot, is multi-tool is too hot, and there's only a small hole. Jaina checks to see if she can still do anything with the force, and she goes molecule by molecule and creates light and warmth in her cell without Hethra smothering her. Yeah, this kid is too damn strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah Jaina Solo, five year old. Yeah, Jaina Solo was always the best of them. Sorry, God damn. Sorry, Anakin stands. But... Well, Anakin died very early. So... Anakin's. <laughs> Whoa, spoilers. Sorry. <sighs> Han is trying to figure out all the different species of people that are surrounding them as they enter the big dome. And he's actually being, like, pretty cool about it and not making assumptions about genders or identities. So, like, good job for this 10 seconds, Han. Luke points out that every single one of the groups has someone who is sick or injured with them. And Wait, that... I have a question. What's not that? More, more of a comment than a question, I guess. Oh, my um... God. Sit back down. <laughs> 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 they, they made... Leia, the really, like, rude and microaggressive one, and then Han, the really chill and accepting one, and that Mm -hmm. feels strange and confusing. Han's like, I'm not going to point because some cultures think it's rude. And I'm like, what? And Leia's like, the Wookiees have magic trees. (laughs) (laughs) More like like Han woke low, am I right? (laughs) Woke solo. Han Solo and his Wokey. Oh god. <laughs> I hate it. Oh, they are able to enter the dome with Zaviri, and 3PO's like a little nervous. But he finds it rather enlightening that droids are welcome just the same as fleshy beings are. This part was so so nice. It was nice. Yeah. Just that part though. It gets just gross. that just that bit. I like that little glimmer of That's where I stopped there. reading forever. <laughs> When they get down in the dome, everyone's crying out for Wara to help them or to heal their egg sisters. Yep, definitely <laughs> thought, thought of you when I read that. Mm. Luke is shocked at the sight of Waru, and 3PO has no idea what the being is. So, what does Waru look like, you may ask, listeners? I will tell you. 
As Han neared the altar, he got a better look at Waru. It was a complex construct of chased gold shields. But beneath the shields, visible from certain angles and in certain movements of the being, lay a slab of raw, uncovered tissue, like chunks of meat. Fluid? Blood? Glistened between the massive shields, oozed out, and fell by drops and fine streams onto the stage, where it coagulated into a crusted pool. The blood ran off the stage and formed stalactites that hung nearly to the floor of the auditorium. Mm. Gross. I am uncomfortable. There's a lot of fluid. Um, Yeah, because like the golden plates riffled, riffled, as sensuous and sleek as an animal's fur. They contracted Mm, and the veins between them closed together. Fluid. Read it, Meg. Han thought, this is the first time I've ever seen anything that could that could truly be called Ikor, ran from beneath Waru's massive base, seeping out to form a new glistening layer around it. One droplet flowed among the spike of the slactite, hung at the tip, simultaneously stretched and coagulated, and frozen to a narrow, sharp edge at the end of a spike. Wow, we really like uh, fulfilled the prophecy of a glistening thing. Yeah, that was weirdly can sexy. We give, can we give glistening Waru's? oh my god that's kind of a redundant statement i feel like yeah it's just waru always glistening always glistening (laughs) yeah anyway why is everyone so obsessed with waru after hearing that description i never want to think about waru again in my life well we're gonna think about him a lot over the next couple god damn it this is gonna be like my new (laughs) exacon yes um it whispers talks to zaveri and han can hear it it whispers too and i hate that yeah this like hunk of Glimmering, just, glistening, just, liquidy it meat. It's just like, hello. Just, come just to the wants meeting. to say something. I love you, my children. <laughs> I'm bleeding all over you. That that actually sent like a shiver down my spine. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, now a horror podcast. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, it was it was going to get there at some point with me on it. Okay, <laughs> it, is, it was like I had repressed all these memories of Waru. I wonder why. And it's fair. It's, Reading it, I was like, oh my gosh, and I got hit with all of the emotions all at once. Yikes. Anyway, the other people around probably can't hear it because they're still just clamoring for Waru to heal their eggs and stuff. Zaveri- As as you do. (laughs) Yeah. Zaveri tell- I do not want Waru touching my eggs, by the way. Just making that clear. (laughs) (laughs) Zaveri tells Waru that she brought Han, Luke, and 3PO to learn its ways- and it is pleased because Zaveri is the only one who ever brings it gifts. Everyone so else just wants to partake in its gifts. Ugh, cult leaders, super fucking weird. Waru is interested in Purple 3, 3PO, because it's never met a droid before. Aren't the droids in this dome? No. Oh, they just welcome. <laughs> no, there isn't. It's just a dome. They just welcome, okay. It's just a magic dome. Just a magic dome. Yeah. 3PO makes a good first impression, of course, because 3PO always wants to learn stuff. And Waru's like, yeah, I'm down. Uh, Han still thinks this is all a scam. But as he tries to express it, both Zaveri and Luke look at him furiously and he needs to shut up. Han is super annoyed because the crowd is still wailing. Zaveri is deferring to Waru in a way Han has never seen her act toward anyone. 3PO is quiet, and Luke is in this weird, hazy, intense, staring at Waru spell. So eventually, Zaveri and Waru have to end their enlightened conversation about the state of the universe, and she lays her hands on 
one of its scales and it begins to glow. Han, no, not Han. Luke moves forward and raises his hand to touch it, but Han grabs him. Luke snarls at him, but Han grabs him again, telling him to cut it out. And Luke kind of returns to his senses, but still stares at Waru and Zaveri with huge FOMO. This is like Diego Luna always wanting to touch yeah. Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. yeah. Like, Can I, I want let me touch its folds. It's like, I just want to, I want to know what it feels like. I want to feel the moistness I, in my I fingers. Need, I need to know what it feels like. Zaveri collapses as she backs away from Maru and Han catches her. They move toward the very edge of the dome, but Zaveri makes them stay to watch the ceremony. One of the tree-ish beings from earlier, the sick Zephlifi. No, that's an elf. Zephlifle? Zephlifle? Zephlifle. Zephlifle. There we go. That sounds like a Pokemon, too. Zephlifle. Yeah, because it's Zephlifle. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Yes. Is brought on stage and asks Waru to heal it. Some of Waru's scales melt, and it becomes encased in a Waru womb attached to Waru. I hate all of this so much. This is better than me reading it out loud to you. Oh, yeah, I know it is. I've already read it. It's in my brain anyways. (laughs) When the Waru womb breaks open, it is reabsorbed back into Waru, and the Zephlifol is healed. You know what? I would like my knee to be miraculously fixed, but I'm going to stick with physio instead of going into a waru womb. You don't want to go in the womb? The waru womb? I don't want to go into that womb. You should try every option available I mean, to you, you know? If, if you, what if you just happen to be on Crusade Station and... Can waru fix my ears? I mean, Possibly. What, it's got to go into the womb. What can't waru do? Look, I already spent nine months of my life in a womb. I don't need to go back, thanks. <laughs> What is enough? Thank you. Don't really remember that part, so it could be fun to do again. Uh, I'm not against it. Like the Zephlifle seems fine. Yeah, seems fine for now. We don't know what kind of payment that is traded (laughs) for the rest of its life. Every time that it speaks, if you play the words backwards, it's just saying "Help me." (laughs) Oh shit! Oh dinner. This is not the right time to text me. Talking about Waru. Okay. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Han. Nope. Yes. Han oh, still zoop. thinks that it's oh, a no, scam. Oh, no, Han is there. No, we're not, no, we're we're not here. Being. We're still here. <laughs> Jenny, though... Jenny, just let me take over the movie, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, too, I'm too enthralled by Waru's moist exterior. So <laughs> Han still thinks it's a scam, even though there's no mention of compensation during or after the exchange. Han asks to go, and Zaveri just leaves. <laughs> he follows her, but he makes the mistake of speaking within the courtyard. I don't know why that's illegal, but apparently you don't do it. He then realizes Luke isn't with him, so he runs back in, afraid that he is now in the water womb. My God, Luke, Han is the sober friend. He is the sober friend. <laughs> Han, Han just got really responsible since he became a dad. Right, nobody really dad knows how to respond. Nobody really knows how to react to it. They're just like. Very They're like, well, I guess I can act act, act out now. <laughs> yeah, looks like finally I can let loose. Right. Han finally got his life together. Right. Turns his lightsaber on and off again repeatedly. <laughs> 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 but thankfully, Luke is right where he left him and he drags him back out. They all go off for a distance on the pathway and Han tries to convince them that it is, in fact, a scam. Even at the cost of insulting Zaviri, which, bro, stop. <laughs> But Luke and 3PO know it isn't fake. It's not of the Force, which 
Han, it's not just the force that's out there, right? Like, there are things you can't explain in the universe that aren't the force. But frustrated, Han gives up and goes back to to continue his vacation because the New Republic doesn't interfere with how people worship. (sighs) Kids, here's your kids lesson. If you want some money, just ask, can I have some money? (laughs) That's what I do. Very important. You don't have to you don't have to keep talking about responsibilities and bills and the mean looks that the hotel concierge gives you. Just ask for money. <laughs> All right. Now it's time. Whoop. Thankfully, Rilau has good healing abilities because no one really knows how to help Ferreros anymore. And while she rests, Leia Chewy and the nameless Ferrero have dinner. He hates Rilau because it must be her fault that they were all exiled because she was the one who was called out for torture. All right, let's jump in. Leia tries to convince the unnamed one to, like, do something with their freedom, but he's just going to keep going on with his clan and their single ship until they get to the world the Empire gave them. Also, lol, he knew that she was Princess Leia the whole time because her disguise sucks. <laughs> Layla, huh? Sure. Sure. Sounds right. Oh. Whoop. Thank you. Whoops. <laughs> the enhanced human seeks out Han once he returns to the city. She demands that she is given the chance to make things even with him, and she doesn't take his excuses for an answer, and Celestial Serenity drags him to the card game. <laughs> That's my screen name on uh, video games. I, I was about to say, it. that's my Xbox Live gamertag. <laughs> it's really good. I was not, I forgot about that, and I was not expecting Celestial Serenity. <laughs> it so almost good. sounds like a name that the Empire would give to one of their Super Star Destroyers. It definitely sounds like a name that a ship would be called in Halo, however. Yeah, yeah. It's not sexy enough for the Empire. Yeah, it's too it's too awe inspiring, right? Because the Empire is like the provocateur, like they do the night caller. Yeah, they do stuff like that. Yeah, the Empire would call it like the half dressed Serenity. Yeah, something like that. (laughs) Or the Celestial BDSM. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's my new scream name. Yeah, I'm changing my private Twitter to that. You're gonna get a lot of weirdos. Just saying. <laughs> Danny, I'm a girl playing games. I already yeah, got them. Like, okay, fair. When does that? <laughs> do you think that we don't already have a bunch of weirdos? <laughs> As we do. Uh, let's see. Oh, Seth. Whoop. Sheena <laughs> ate her breakfast out of desperation, and she watches the helpers and proctors eat real food. She starts fiddling with sand and manages to push it around with the force without anyone noticing, inspired by a little bug. When she goes as far as to spread it over the food on the proctor table, the head proctor gets mad and shouts for Grack. Honestly, I think that this scene is really inspiring because it just goes to show that, like, over two generations, you can overcome a genetic predisposition to dislike sand. Right. Yeah, Sand can be useful. <laughs> Sand Beautiful, can be really. your friend. Yeah. Sand can be very effective in pulling a prank against your uh, unknowing captors. Yeah. When you've been as kidnapped as you can possibly be at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Crack, their view bug chef comes out and yells at the proctors, smacking the head proctor around. And Do you saying, think he's a bug? Yeah, they're a bug. <laughs> 
They got lots of arms and like tendrils and stuff. <laughs> and saying that it's their own damn fault if there's sand in the food because they're all horribly behaved and have their feet on the tables with their shoes on. Oh my god, what the hell is wrong with these people? They are evil. They're dumb. They're dumb children who are given power. <laughs> yeah. Grack then picks up the fruit from the table and throws it down to the poor kidnapped kids. And also the cookies. It's Bedlam. Woo, Grack. Grack is really the hero that they need. But then the head proctor pulls out his lightsaber and Grack just pieces out. And the kids return to their seats. Uh, let's see. The head proctor doesn't dismiss them because pride. Even though Jaina has dropped sand down all of their pants. <laughs> I respect this kid a lot. Right. It's Surprise. a good move. Jason has sent the little bugs up to the stage and they start biting the proctors. Some of the bugs get stomped on. So Jason starts crying and sweeps as many of them oh. away to safety using the force. But that causes Hethra's force smothering blanket to fall down on them while they're hugging. Oh, Jason. Jason. He's a baby. Soft boy. And I, I like that they talk about how he learned to like thank bugs and apologize to bugs if they accidentally get killed from Chewie, of who course. is yeah. so a large. very different Chewie than we see in the Last Jedi. Yeah, I mean, look, dude's <laughs> got to eat. Yeah, but did you see him thanking the porgs? You, he it was. Already, I mean, no, he, he might have already. He cooked it already. He might have thanked it when he was starting. Yeah. So what you do is you think when you're preparing it. I mean, Chewie was desperate, and to be fair to him, he did feel really bad about it and stopped eating that pork. Yeah, and that boy probably has a real big metabolism and needs, like, a lot of food. So that yeah. one single pork would not even be enough for him. The Poor pork boy. was already roasted. I don't think that he did a great service by not eating it after he'd already killed Listen, it. Listen, Chewie apologizes to things he accidentally kills. <laughs> okay, that's a good clarification. That's a really good point, actually, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize to someone I meant to kill. Yeah, Why? I murdered you on purpose. Right, like, that's not my fault. You fucked up. That's what makes it premeditated, yo. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oof. Anyway. <laughs> the proctors order them to line up, but Jason gets to stay with Jaina this time because no one is really paying attention due to all of the bug bites. And that's where we end for this week. Amazing. They are such inspirational agents of chaos. They really are. If only everyone could be as chaos. Um, so last week's listener question. <laughs> Let's see if I can get through this. What was it, Ash? What was last week's <laughs> listener question? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Which, which Spookle app does, does a Star Wars character use the most? And what do they use it for? Oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Odie said the goggles that Maz Kanata uses, it's Spoogle Glass. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan said Obi-Wan and Anakin have a, have a joint Spoogle Tube account. Spoogle Tube. Obi-Wan is trying to make. Spoo Tube. Spoo Tube. Obi-Wan is Obi-Wan is trying to make it a respectable channel of instructional videos, but Anakin posts. Way more, uh, way more often in his vision of the channel's prank videos with Ahsoka and the 501st. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> ben Borman said, Our boy the Mandalorian has a subscription to Spoogle Play Music so he Aww. can play Yaddle music on board the Razor Crest. Cara Dune suggested Spaceify instead, but he didn't listen to her because apparently his ship's computer is powered 
by Spoogle's Mandroid operating <laughs> system. <laughs> mandroid. I don't know why, but the word Mandroid makes me extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> it's because Android already means, like, <laughs> masculine. But it's a Mandalorian Android system, so it's Mandroid. <laughs> mandroid. <laughs> Okay. It's it sounds like some. Well, I don't even want to get into this. <laughs> no, don't get into it. We know we know where it could go. We don't. We know exactly what it sounds like. Malai <laughs> 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 said astromechs don't actually calculate hyperspace navigation. They use Spoogle maps to find the best route and avoid rush hour traffic. <laughs> <laughs> They've lied to us this entire time. <laughs> right. Every astromech is actually just a very small little alien inside with a smartphone. It's all like a Babu Frick inside of a... I was going to say, it's one Mieber Gascon per, you know... Oh my gosh. Thank you for remembering his name, because I could not. (laughs) Oh my god. Okay, but what if Mieber Gascon and Babu Frick hung out? (gasps) So good! (laughs) Here's here's my Star Wars speculation. Mieber Gascon is Babu Frick's dad. (gasps) Oh my god. Damn. Um, uh, Ross said one of Ray's side projects after Tross is uploading the sacred Jedi text to Spoogle Books while you cost a new smiles proudly over her shoulder. <laughs> Aww, <laughs> that's, so cute. that's cute. Uh, Hassan said my man Boba uses Spoogle to find a better jetpack than the one he had that dreadful and digestible day. That was a lesson for him not to buy from Acme Imports despite the price you get what you paid for. <laughs> Tom the fanboy said, Obi-Wan rarely gets good holonet out beyond the Dune Sea, so he spends most of his time on Spoogle Chrome, uh, on Spoogle Chrome, no connection page, playing the little 16-bit, uh, 16-bit Veridactyl run game. Oh, <laughs> That's pretty cute. I like that they changed it to a Bogo run game. <laughs> uh, Greg said, Chopper uses Spoogle sheets to keep a detailed record of his body count, including his <laughs> of kills. By category and conditional formatting for grievous injuries, the highlight areas uh, to highlight areas for improvement. <laughs> Damn, oh my God, chopper. that's very chopper. And Suara uh, said Palpatine would use Spoogle to take over the universe. Yeah, no surprises. <laughs> Spoogle's already then, doing that on their own. They don't need so, you, Palpatine. Well, well said, Suara. <laughs> and then there's just a Photoshop, a picture of Radis and. <laughs> Akbar's heads on some kangaroos. Listen, I have not gotten my koala version yet, so please, Heath. I know you so, have. So yeah, this is from listener Heath, who uh, tweeted us a photo of kangaroos with Akbar and Radis's heads on them. And as with any good Photoshop, I thought that it would be nice for us to describe this to our listeners. <laughs> Where's my koala version? <laughs> They are very buff kangaroos, as most kangaroos are. They're, yeah, kangaroos. Anyway, I'm giving a glistening buddy to Heath for the Akbar kangaroos. Um, you gotta give, give to ben. one to Ben. Mormon. Yeah. Yeah. The man. Excuse me. You can't both give one to Ben. Fine. I'll give one. <sighs> I'm giving one to Ross because that's really cute. Um, mine goes to Dylan because Spoogle Tube. <laughs> Spoogle Tube. Spoogle Tube. <laughs> Thanks, listeners. Thank you, listeners. Thank you for going uh, along with that weird, weird question. (laughs) Yeah. They always do, and I love it. And this week's question is, tell us a thing about you. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) We've already told you many things about us, so we're not going to answer Yeah, we're not answering this this one. You know know too much already. Y'all know so much about us. We've been answering this one for the entirety of Rogue Podron. Let's make this more of a give and take kind of relationship where you give too. Yeah. 
and not just reviews. <laughs> you can hit us up on Twitter at Rogue Quadrant. Here are other ways you can give. <laughs> uh, our email is roguepodron at gmail.com. Our website is roguepodron.com. Pew-pews are a dying breed in this galaxy, and if you want to support our efforts of conversa- conservation, please check us out on Patreon and chuck us a buck or two. That was Subscribe- really cute. <laughs> subscribe via the rogue podron feed on itunes stitcher podbean spotify google blah blah any podcatcher rate and review us on itunes we don't have any reviews so i'm sad about that please give us reviews much I like, like Jaina, to read. we are very hungry we are so hungry, so hungry. please please uh, help us get to our next goal on patreon so i can write some really stupid music yeah oh yeah i forgot Calypso. to say that uh our next our next patreon milestone because we have those now it's very fun um our next one is at 150 a month and it is to write a musical episode. So we will perform a musical episode of Rogue Podron if we actually hit that goal. So if you want that, uh, go if check us out If you enjoyed Patreon. Saf and Danny's amazing sound effects in this episode, <laughs> just wait till you see what we can do with our mouths in a musical episode. Um, <laughs> it's great because like sometimes my headphones skip out a little bit. And so it really just ended on if you want to see what Saf and Danny can do with their mouths. I was like, oh no. No, that is a much, much, much higher Patreon goal. <laughs> that yeah. is even above you have to pay us a lot more money for that. Six, still. 69, 69, 69. Yeah. <laughs> God bless technology. All right. <laughs> so next time, we'll be doing Star Wars, The Crystal Star. Chapters 7 through 8. And with that, this is Rogue Padron signing off. Pash out. Pash out. My nephew loves General Grievous, by the way, Danny. Of course. Um, I thought I, uh, Margot on Twitter kept retweeting Grievous and Kenobi art, and I was into like flash art. Yeah, I'm here for that. I'm here for that ship. Yeah, like Kenobi likes to hide in Grievous's cape. Oh my god, I love what? it. Because, like, love there's them. ample space for a person because Grievous is so tall. And so, like, under Grievous's head is just Obi-Wan sticking his face out from beneath the cake. Oh my god. Do you think Obi-Wan also... ever did the Walmart 24 hour challenge, but in Grievous's cape? Oh, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Obi-Wan could, like, 100%. stick his arms out with two lightsabers behind Grievous and act like. <gasps> That'd be so cool. <laughs> oh god, I shipped this real hard now. Thanks, Meg. Six lightsabers. <laughs> Take that. Especially when you realize that, like, Grievous's backstory is very similar to Vader's. And so Obi-Wan, well, depending on where you are in the timeline, Obi-Wan is just, like, trying to find humanity in Grievous to prove to himself that he can find humanity in one of these, like, creatures oh that have turned into androids. Oh my god, that's so oh good. Oh my god, Danny. Oh, that's so painful. Also, they turned into cyborgs, <laughs> not androids. I'm just, just. Sorry, cyborgs, yeah. <laughs> Oh no, I shipped That's this real so bad now. I love I wanna, it. I want to write this. <laughs> well, tonight, on Rogue Bush. <laughs> <laughs>